Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I'll have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you'll receive from me gifts and rewards and great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, let the king tell his servant the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I'm certain that you are trying to gain time because you realise this is what I have decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there's just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream and I'll know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there's not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. Please keep your Bibles open there at Daniel chapter 2, because I'll be referring to that at different points. Let's pray before we get into God's Word. Father God, we pray this morning that your spirit would guide us as we look at these words and as we reflect on the meaning of these words in our own lives. Lord, we pray that you would convict us, that you would point us to the place of wisdom and understanding, which can only be found in your son. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts ready to hear what you have for us this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Navigating your way through the busy streets of Sydney can be stressful at the best of times. But when you find yourself in a completely different suburb to the suburb your appointment is in, well, things can get quite stressful. Back when Tamara and I were living in Sydney while we are going to Bible college, there were many times when we found ourselves lost and in the wrong place, stressed by the busyness of city life and city traffic. There was one time that stands out in my memory. I'd only just uh, purchased a new family car, a second-hand family car, but new to us, and I'd booked it in to have a repair job done. I'd heard of the workshop that I was taking it to, but it was in a suburb that I'd never been to before. Tam was following me in our old car so that she could pick me up because we had to leave it there. And because we knew that this workshop was really, really busy, we knew that we had to be in time or we'd miss our opportunity to get it fixed. 
So we programmed the address into the GPS and set out with two cars to this location. For about 30 minutes, we drove around thinking we were getting closer and closer to the destination. But when the GPS said those very infamous words, you have reached your destination, well, there was no workshop to be found. I checked the location again, and I couldn't, for a few minutes, I couldn't figure out what had gone wrong. But all of a sudden, it hit me. I'd typed in the name of the street and the number of the business, but I typed in road instead of street. And so it put us in a completely different suburb in a street with the same name, but sadly, two suburbs away from our appointment. We found we'd been heading in the completely opposite direction. That one simple mistake had caused us to look for that workshop where it could not be found. Once we realised what was going on, we had really only one choice. We had to turn around and head in the right direction. We had to turn around and go to where it could be found because continuing to look for it where it wasn't, well, it was never going to get us where we look for. In this morning's passage, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the known world at the time, an incredibly powerful man, Probably the closest thing we have these days would be the American president, an incredibly powerful man, is searching for answers where they cannot be found. Nebuchadnezzar was in a time of great turmoil as he was plagued with questions that he was unable to find the answer to because he was looking for wisdom and security that can only be found through the faith in the sovereign Lord of the universe. But sadly, Nebuchadnezzar was looking in the wrong place. Sadly, Nebuchadnezzar is not alone in this. We're all guilty of looking for answers to our problems in places where they cannot be found. We often fall for the lies of our consumerist culture as it tells us that if we only had that one thing then everything would be okay. But once we have that thing, well, it isn't long before we want that next thing we don't have. When we're feeling upset or emotionally exhausted, we often tend to go into a state of despair or we'll look for some form of escapism, something that will help us to forget our circumstances, at least for a little while. We escape into our hobbies, our favourite television show or a good book. We make ourselves so busy that we don't have time to think about whatever it is that's causing us to feel down. But It's not until we take our questions to the place of wisdom and understanding, as we bring our worries, fears and concerns before the Lord, that we finally get the answers to our greatest problem. Because it's in him that we find wisdom and security of knowing and being known by the sovereign Lord of the universe. Now, last week we looked at chapter one of this book of Daniel. 
King Nebuchadnezzar had taken the tribe of Judah into exile in Babylon. And in the ancient Near East, when you had conquered a nation, a land and a people, well, it was considered that you had conquered their gods as well. So as far as Nebuchadnezzar is concerned, the God of Israel has been defeated. And so as Nebuchadnezzar searches for wisdom and understanding, well, he looks in all of the wrong places. As this morning's passage begins, we're told Nebuchadnezzar had been having dreams that were troubling him so much that he was was unable to sleep. The images that he'd been shown in these dreams terrified this incredibly powerful man. Because Nebuchadnezzar knew that these dreams had an important meaning for both him and his kingdom. His mind was filled with troubling questions. And so he set out to find the meaning of these dreams that had been causing him so much grief. And so in this search for these answers, Nebuchadnezzar summons his magicians, his enchanters, sorcerers and astrologers, all of the so-called wise men of Babylon, the best wise men of Babylon, so that they might explain the meaning of these dreams, so that he might get the answers that he's looking for. But when Nebuchadnezzar tells them about his dream, they reply, In verse 5, this is what I've firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my... Sorry, they reply they couldn't tell him the meaning of his dream. And Nebuchadnezzar replied to them, this is what I've decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your house turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honour. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. See, these wise men were hoping that Nebuchadnezzar would tell them, tell him their dream so that they could give him an answer that would please the king. They wanted to give him flattering words, a, a, a positive meaning to his dream, something to appease the king's anger. And so hoping that the king might tell him about, tell them about their dream, this dream, they said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. But Nebuchadnezzar knew what they were up to and there was no way that he was going to tell them about this dream because he wanted to know the truth. He wanted to know the real meaning behind these visions. Uh, these magicians and sorcerers and enchanters, they knew they were in real trouble. So they said these words in verses 10 and 11. There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of, of any magician, enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among men. These so-called wise men of Babylon knew that the task they'd been given was impossible. 
the king was asking them to provide answers to questions that were beyond human understanding. In fact, they were admitting that the wisest of wise men in Babylon, even their greatest magicians, enchanters, and astrologers were unable to give the king the answers that he desired. And this made Nebuchadnezzar furious. So furious, in fact, that he ordered that all of the wise men in Babylon be executed. And this included Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, it's quite possible that the king's judgment was clouded. The poor guy hadn't been able to sleep. You know, it's quite cloud- he's, his understanding might have been quite clouded. But the severity of this judgment certainly shows how important the meaning of these dreams was to Nebuchadnezzar. And so he ordered Arioch, the commander of his guard, to kill all of the wise men in Babylon. Now, it seems the grapevine in Babylon, the word along the grapevine must have gotten around quite quickly because it wasn't very long before Daniel found out about it. And Daniel went straight to Arioch, the man who was just ordered to execute Daniel. And risking his life, he went to them, went to him and spoke with wisdom and tact and gained the respect of Arioch. And Arioch explained what was going on. And so Daniel risked his life again by going to the king and pleading for more time so that he might interpret the dream. Then knowing where true wisdom and understanding can be found, Daniel, when got his companions, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and they earnestly prayed to the Lord. They pleaded with the Lord for the meaning of this dream. During the night, the Lord revealed the mystery of both the dream and its meaning to Daniel. Daniel was overjoyed. He began praising the Lord who gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning and who reveals deep and hidden things. The next morning, Daniel got straight up. He didn't want Arioch to execute anybody before he'd had a chance to be able to reveal the meaning of this dream. And so he told him not to execute any of the wise men of Babylon. And Arioch, brought Daniel before the king. And as Daniel stood before Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the known world, he was asked, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? But Daniel, knowing where true wisdom and understanding can be found, gave the king this answer in verse 27. No wise man, enchanter, Magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. And so Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar what the Lord had revealed to him about the king's dreams. He said, In the dream, Nebuchadnezzar was standing in front of an enormous statue. The head of the statue was gold, its chest and arms of silver. 
its belly and thigh of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet a mix of iron and clay. And while Nebuchadnezzar stood in front of this incredibly big, enormous statue, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. And this rock then struck the statue over and over and over again, grinding it till it was like dust, till it was like chaff. When the wind blew, it blew all of the debris away, leaving no trace. But the rock that smashed the statue became a huge mountain that filled the whole earth. And Daniel explained the meaning of the dream He said to Nebuchadnezzar that all the power and authority that he has as the leader of the known world was given to him by the God of heaven and earth and that he was symbolised by the golden head. I'm sure he was quite chuffed by that. Then Daniel explained that there would be four kingdoms that would rise up after him who would have similar kinds of power and authority but each inferior to the kingdom before it. Notice the progression in materials there, from gold to silver to bronze to iron and then finally to clay. Every kingdom after Nebuchadnezzar's was to be inferior to his, but not in the sense of power or influence because there would be more powerful kingdoms after his, but in the sense of morality. It would be more focused on earth-bound things. As each kingdom after Babylon, the kingdom that was known for its wickedness, slowly became more and more wicked. As each kingdom became more and more focused on the things of this world instead of their creator. But the rock that destroyed the statue in this dream symbolizes the kingdom of God. Daniel explained that during the final reign of these kings, God would establish a kingdom that would never be destroyed, a kingdom that would crush the kingdoms of this world and will endure forever. Once Daniel had finished interpreting this dream, Nebuchadnezzar fell face down in front of Daniel and paid him honour. That's absolutely remarkable. The idea of a king, the king of the known world, falling face down in front of an exiled slave is remarkable. King acting in this way in those days was completely unheard of. But when he heard the word of God spoken through Daniel's lips, when the mystery that he had so longed to understand was revealed, he understood that he had found the place of wisdom and understanding. And so Nebuchadnezzar says to Daniel in verse 47, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Nebuchadnezzar honoured Daniel for interpreting this dream. He placed him in a position of great authority. And at Daniel's request, he made Hananiah, Misael and Azariah, also known as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, 
He made them administrators of the province of Babylon. In this morning's passage, the most powerful man in the known world had fallen into despair because he and his wise men were completely unable to interpret the meaning of this dream. But as Daniel, a young exiled slave, revealed the mystery of this dream to this powerful man, Nebuchadnezzar gave glory to God as the God of gods and the Lord of kings. God was letting Nebuchadnezzar know that even though he was the most powerful man in the known world, all of his power and authority had been given to him by the God of heaven and earth. Nebuchadnezzar's army had taken Israel, had taken Judah off into, into Babylon. He had defeated them, but not he had not defeated their God. It was God's plan to allow his people to go into exile, to be refined through this season of suffering. And it was God's plan to be glorified through this Gentile Babylonian king. This morning's passage, we see Daniel over and over again putting his hands, putting his life into his own hands. When he found out about the king's order, he went straight to the man who had been ordered to execute him and then sought an audience with the king. He could have been executed at either point. He didn't know for certain that it was the Lord's will to reveal the meaning of this dream. But he knew that the Lord was the only one who could. And he was willing to trust the Lord, even if God didn't reveal the meaning of this dream to him. And so he urged his companions to plead with the Lord, to come before the Lord in prayer and plead for mercy. So there was nothing particularly special about Daniel. Daniel was just an ordinary Jewish guy. But the thing that was different about Daniel was Daniel knew where wisdom and understanding could be found. Because Daniel knew where wisdom and understanding was to be found, he gave God the glory instead of taking it for himself. He acknowledged that there was no man on earth who could do what the king was asking. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. This morning's passage, God revealed the mystery of his plan of salvation. The good news that he has established a kingdom that will never perish, spoil or fade. Nebuchadnezzar was looking for the answers to his problem in all of the wrong places. He was seeking the wisdom and understanding of God from everywhere else but from God. His vision for the future was no greater than the earthly kingdom that he presently ruled at the time. But through these dreams, God revealed a glimpse of the good news of the kingdom of God and its eternal king. Nebuchadnezzar had everything that the human heart could ever have desired. He had incredible wealth, enormous power, prosperity and any kind of pleasure he desired. 
When God gave him these dreams, he was brought into utter despair. He probably thought that the meaning of these dreams was some sort of message of judgment upon Babylon. And he was terrified of losing everything that he had put his confidence in. His wealth, his power and the earthly kingdom of Babylon. But while Nebuchadnezzar was afraid of losing these perishable things, God gave him a vision of the eternal kingdom of God, a kingdom that will never be defeated and a kingdom that will fill the whole earth. This is speaking of those who put their trust in Jesus. This is speaking about the church that Jesus established through his life, death and resurrection. And this is saying that no matter how weak the church looks, no matter how frail, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the kingdom that will endure. It is the eternal kingdom. It is the kingdom that will crush the kingdoms of this earth. The rock that will one day smash the kingdoms of this earth is our Lord and Saviour. On the day that Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead, he will reign victorious. The wise men of Babylon declared that there was no one on earth who could give the king the answers that he longed for. And they were absolutely right. There was no one. But in Jesus, God in the flesh, there is a man, the greater Adam, who has given us the answer to our greatest problem. Jesus, God's one and only son, is the answer to our ultimate questions. He is the way, the truth and the life. And all who place their hope in him build their hope on the solid rock, the rock not cut out by human hands. It's very easy to lose sight of where true knowledge and understanding can be found. It's very easy to fall for the lies of this world as it tries to tell us that we can find ultimate things in things that are perishing. But this morning we've been challenged to keep our eyes on the eternal hope of a kingdom that will never be defeated and on a king who has established this eternal kingdom through his blood. And so may we find our hope not in the things of this life and the successes that we may enjoy here on earth, but instead in the eternal hope that can only be found in Jesus. In Jesus and his word revealed to us through the scriptures, God has revealed deep and hidden things. In Jesus, God has revealed the mystery of how sinners like us can be reconciled to God through the life, death and resurrection of his one and only son. So may we be people who go to the source of knowledge and truth. Let's pray. Father God, we 
recognize that there are so many times in our lives when we try and escape from our problems, when we try and look for answers in the wrong place, when we try to either ignore our problems or or cover them up instead of finding the answers that can only be found in Jesus. And so we pray this week that you would put it on our hearts when we are worried or stressed or concerned, when there are things that are out of our control that we cannot, we don't know the answers to. Lord, put it on our hearts to come before the cross to acknowledge our need for godly wisdom and understanding. May we be people of your word, Lord. Convict us to be reading your word, to be sitting under it, Lord, to be shaped by it and by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.